A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Welcome, welcome, welcome to yet another episode of the Bobo and Flex Show. My name is Bobo and I am your host and I'm with the beautiful Flex. I'm your favorite African auntie. I'm your favorite African philosopher. I'm your favorite vegan chef. And I'm your favorite optimistic nihilist. How are you doing today, Flex? I am going well. Mm. I was on the bathroom, on the toilet. I was doing a poo. Let's just be honest. Love it. Just before we were coming to record. Yeah. And I was thinking about like little pleasures that I had been experiencing. I don't know. Mm. Just like taking moments out to be like, oh, that was nice. Yeah. Like, this week, especially, I came across this new lip balm um, that I've really been liking. And mm. <laughs> so that's been nice. And um the other week I discovered that I have the ability to feel like super anxious, which I didn't think was a very me thing to do because nothing was really? triggering said anxiety. Yeah. Of course. Like I usually I just have quite constructive moments of stress and then I know the source of the stress and then I eradicate the stress by doing said task. You're so practical. I can't but like <laughs> what kind of alien are you? <laughs> but then last week, I swear I was like, um, talking to Grace and then talking to my boyfriend and saying, you know, like, have, do you ever like just like feel like down or maybe just a bit tense in your body for no reason? And then Grace is like, you mean like feeling anxious? Anxiety. And I was like, nah, that's not it. That's not it. No, no, no. <laughs> I think it's something else. It got to the point where I was just so like, what's the word? I feel like just, it felt like I was just uh, like constricted by my own self. And I wasn't yeah, digging deep so enough to figure yeah. out what my actual problem is. But I was crying for what wow. I thought was no reason. Yeah. I was so sad. And I was like, am I, is it stress? Like, is this stress? I don't know. But my heart felt so tight. Look. Mm. Anyway, turns out I just had a lot of my plate. But also money. <laughs> <laughs> money heist. Like, so like what is that? <laughs> Money Heist, the TV show, gives me, like, the exact same feeling without the emotional component, um, mm. which is just a high level of stress and anxiety. Great show. Everybody Don't you love shows it. that do that for you? That's all I'm after. I'm trying to that feel a little same. bit extra. That is literally, I want to spiral. I want to be anxious. So I love horror movies and psychological thrillers and, like, serial killer documentaries. Like, give me all the emotion. Like, I need all of it immediately. So that was nice. But yeah, yes. So I wanted to talk about just quickly. I was answering my DMs this morning Mm. and I came across um, this DM someone sent me a while ago, but I didn't read it because I didn't see it. But I saw it today because they sent me something else. Anyway, the point is they got off Tumblr um, and the headline is, who likes to be alone, not introverts, according to a new paper on personality and the experience of solitude. 
I don't know if we've spoken about this. I say this every episode. I don't know if we've spoken about it on the podcast or whatever. But I was saying that I used to heavily identify with being an extrovert because it suited my lifestyle. And then when Mm. my lifestyle didn't suit me, I assumed that because I enjoyed spending time in solitude that I was becoming or transforming into an introvert. Because it exists on the spectrum anyway, which is highly possible. Didn't think too much of it, whatever. But coming, I want to read out this... um, tumblr post just like word for word because i don't want to butcher it but you know we can stop and and discuss and dissect as we go on basically it says why do some people go to great lengths to have the chance to spend time by themselves while others find solitude painful and forever crave company the most obvious answer would seem to be that relates to differences in social aspects of personality and specifically that extroverts will find solitude painful while introverts will enjoy their own company more than anyone else's Mm. however a new paper published as a preprint which is not yet peer-reviewed and involving three diary studies with hundreds of undergrad volunteers suggests the truth is more complicated in fact there was no evidence that introverts enjoyed solitude more than extroverts rather the most important trait related to liking one's own company was having a strong dispositional autonomy Ooh, right. Please elaborate. This is a concept from self-determination theory and the researchers led at the University of Rochester. Um, People who are strong in the trait of dispositional autonomy have alignment between their behavior, values and interests and are resistant to pressure from others. They're also interested in learning more about their personal experiences and emotions. So people who scored really high in autonomy enjoyed solitude more than others and sought it out for its own sake. So what it's basically Mm. saying so far is that whether or not you, you enjoy seeking out your own company has far more to do with whether you rank highly in having dispositional autonomy, um, as opposed to being an introvert or an extrovert. Mm. Um, And dispositional autonomy sounds to me like, Having a curiosity to explore yourself further or deeper. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And Interesting. The like to define autonomy is just the right or the condition to self-govern. So I feel like we're talking about self-governing when it comes to how your like your disposition and how that's perceived. Mm. which is very interesting anyway so they said one of the studies involved asking the participants to spend 15 minutes a day in solitude on seven different days and then to complete detailed questionnaires afterwards about how they'd found the experience introverts enjoyed solitude no more than extroverts although there were there was a slight tendency for them to experience fewer negative thoughts and it didn't satisfy their behave their basic psychological needs either such as their feelings of autonomy and competence in contrast, higher scores in dispositional autonomy, as measured by agreement with statements like my de- my decisions represent my most important values and feelings, or I'm deeply curious when I react with fear and anxi- anxiety. Mm. My people ha, um, <laughs> enjoyed solitude more than others, experienced fewer negative thoughts, and it fulfilled more of their basic psychological needs. So the findings for enjoyment of solitude chime with two of the other diary students that looked into people's motivations for finding time alone. This showed mixed findings for introverts. One study, but not the other, found that introverts were more likely to engage in reactive solitude. That is, being by themselves as a way of escaping being with others. Meanwhile, higher dispositional autonomy was correlated with more constructive solitude, which is seeking out solitude for its own sake. Introversion was not correlated with seeking constructive solitude in either study. Isn't that interesting? interesting? (laughs) 
So for those who like didn't quite catch the gist of that, because there are a lot of words um, in a very short amount of time. That's really fascinating. Yeah. Basically, of the of the people that did this study, those who identified as introverts were quizzed on their relationship to spending time alone, and introverts generally spent time alone in reaction to wanting wanting to escape being around other people. Mm-hmm. whereas people not necessarily extroverts but people with a high dispositional autonomy people who want the right to be able to self-govern what they do how they do it what they feel how they feel it yeah sort out constructive solitude which meant they were spending time alone with a purpose and with intention and it had nothing to do with anybody else around them interesting mm-hmm. where do you think you fall on the spectrum definitely of constructive solitude because i mean Reactive solitude, I don't really feel obligated to um, spend time with people if I don't have to, but I don't necessarily think it's a burden either if I get to spend time with people that I like, you know? But I do think that there are times in which I really do need time alone just to do shit that can't happen with some in, in somebody else's presence. And so, and I also think that it's less about like, people get in the way of my thinking and more about how it's hard to be given the amount of space you need and the amount of time you need when you're around other people Mm. who are also dictating how your time should be spent. I feel that. So like somebody watching you have like, uh, you know, having somebody witness you spiral for 16 hours feels like a poor waste of time to them maybe. But to you, we're just beginning. It's part of the process. Where do you think you fall? I actually, I think I'm right in the middle. You would. (laughs) Yeah, because, okay, so there's two things. I think on one hand, I enjoy being around people, but only a very specific type of person. Whereas I think, I think a lot of people either enjoy people or they don't, but I either really, really don't enjoy people or I absolutely love a very specific type of person. Um, And that's because I hate small talk. So I just, I need, if I'm in company, I need to be around people who are going to be compelling and like the conversation is going to be juicy, which isn't to say it's everyday philosophy. Like we're not spiraling every day, but like, do you have the range to talk about eating ass, but also like politics? Like, you know, Um, can we get existential, but also talk about why men are trash? Like just range. So... I think it's not that I'm necessarily, no, I am an escapist, but it's not that I necessarily love my solitude because I hate people, but it's that I love my solitude because I love my thoughts. Like I, Mm. I find my own brain really entertaining. I could literally be sit in an empty room for seven days and be thoroughly entertained by my own thoughts. Like I don't experience boredom at all I never have um whereas I also find that like people who enjoy being around people also tend to be people who get bored easily yeah they need external stimuli whereas my internal stimuli is already more than enough for me I can see that I definitely know what I mean think Mm. that in times where I felt bored it's been triggered by my company or conversation it's been triggered by other companies sorry or conversations that I've been having yeah I've been known to think fuck this conversation is boring but if I was in my (laughs) house just being there's just no sign of boredom there never this post gets more interesting 
because we start to talk about how attachment styles correlate with bitch let's get into it immediately (laughs) immediately (laughs) it says while taking caution given that this research has not yet been peer-reviewed and remembering that further investigations could offer a different perspective the current results suggest that we need to rethink our assumptions about introverts and extroverts and how they experience being alone if an introverted person doesn't feel they have chosen to be alone and they've sought out solitude for relatively negative reasons as a form of this as a form of escape, then it would be wrong to assume that just because they are introverted, that they will joy, enjoy their situation. Savoring solitude seems to be more associated with being the kind of person who feels free and in control of their life and who finds mm. pleasure in reflecting on their inner experiences. And among both introverts and extroverts, there'll be those who do and do not fit that description. The researchers also looked at the relevance of their participants' attachment styles, ways of relating to others that are thought to be shaped by the treatment received from caregivers early in life. Among the findings here was that people with an avoidment... Fuck, why can't I speak? I need to stop. (laughs) (sighs) Among the findings here was that people with an avoidant attachment style who tend to see others as untrustworthy... (laughs) Is that you? (laughs) Yeah, of course. I don't trust anyone like that. Really? In the nicest way possible. Yeah, we've talked about this. It, it's and it's more. Like, oh yes, yeah. It's you more start so at how zero. we, yeah, how we build trust. I'm like, mm. look. Let's just say we're all trash, and we can build up different ways to be considered more trustworthy. But yeah, no, I'm yeah. super skeptical. In like the That's nicest so way possible. <laughs> yeah, I don't feel. Do you think like that protects you, or do uh, you think it limits you? Uh both and both. Mm. I think it limits me from a barrage of experiences that I won't have just because I don't trust the person that I'm dealing with has my best interest at mind in mind mm, and not because yeah. I've been hurt time and time again, but I'm smart enough to view the, like the environment and the relationships around me and be like, Oh, so yeah. that coming. If you didn't trust them as much so soon, because I definitely think that, you know, the way we view trust is, or the way society views trust is often we give everybody everything and the slightest, yeah. um, misdemeanor shatters our whole existence yeah whereas i kind of leave room for disappointment that's so interesting i'm not expecting the world from people yeah okay i want to talk about trust but i also want to finish oh yes um this yeah so yes among the findings here was that people with an avoidant avoidant attachment style who tend to see others as untrustworthy sought out more constructive solitude that is they wanted to be alone and value the time more than others but when they actually experienced solitude they didn't necessarily enjoy it and had more negative thoughts overall the re- the researchers said they'd shed new light on how people experience solitude and especially that how it feels to be alone might be a function of how individuals self-regulate experiences and behaviors more generally rather than merely based on introversion or extroversion. Interesting. Um, quoting Jean-Paul Sartre. Zaddy? If well, no, he's not if Zaddy, but yeah. <laughs> if you're lonely when you're alone, you're in bad company. Facts. Oof. Facts as fuck. Hectic. I also find... I'm interested in the correlation between people who have the ability to get bored and their relationship to suffering. Mm. Like I find that your inability to sit by yourself in a room for an hour causes you more suffering. Like the source of a lot of people's suffering is literally just their inability to be by themselves. Like people who cannot enjoy their own company suffer more is what I think. 
Yeah, I see that. Yeah. I noticed that with people that I know of that mm. are just textbook extroverts the people who fill in every little gap of their time with activities yeah yeah they they have have so much um and i watch or i hear or observe how they're handling being in isolation and it honestly feels and looks painful from the outside (laughs) yeah no fully No, fully. I have a I have a friend too who's like really struggling. Um, he's struggling on one hand because he's also just a nomad. Like he's always traveling and and and. Um, and then I was talking to him and he was like, "Yeah, I'm just really going through it. Like just being in one space for an extended amount of time is killing me." And I just wondered, but like, why can't? It also made me wonder, like, why do we travel so much? Like as human beings. Why do we need to hop from one place to another, to another, to another, to another, just to enjoy life? Like, where does our inability to, like, appreciate, like, the simplest of things come from? And, like, doesn't that just cause us more suffering? Like, I guess what I'm saying is, why does anyone need so much external stimuli just to be happy? Like, why can't you be happy (laughs) sitting not sitting in one spot, but like being in the same city for a year or two years. Yeah. Like why is happiness so complicated for some people? Why do some people need more external stimuli than others? Like I just find that really interesting. Do you think it's a matter of needing it um, or the fact that most of us haven't been given space to explore the alternative? Ooh, I find I think, that had I yeah. not been in like this career field, like, when I was working in, in PR um, in an office space, there was no time just to enjoy your own time and do things mm. as you wanted to because I was on a stringent schedule of having to be somewhere every day at yeah. a certain time. Whereas yeah. now that I work freelance, I can enjoy the time I spend alone because I dictate when that happens as opposed to it being gifted mm. by people around me. But do you think part of the reason you were attracted to the freelance life was because of the allure of like being able to have more freedom with how you move through your own time and like how much time you have by yourself? Yes. I know that was like, yeah, I think (laughs) for sure for me, that was definitely like a factor in my decision making of like why I refuse to be employed. I was like, yeah, I'll probably be poor for the rest of my life. No, I didn't think that. But I was like, yeah, I'll probably be broke for a really long time. But I'd actually rather be broke than to have to be around people all day. <laughs> I was like, for me, the height of suffering is being around other humans all day. Like, because I also find for me, there's so much performativity that's required to be around people. And I don't get how extroverts do it. I wonder, are people who are extroverted, are you just yourself all the time? Like, I don't understand. Like, yeah. I mean, part, we talked about it before, but part of what, as I began to, as I began to understand that I enjoyed my own company, I just presumed Mm. I was being less of an extrovert. But what I don't like about textbook extroverts, and it's what I see in myself, is that even if you do or don't like the people that you're around, given the circumstance, you'll still give them the experience. 
Mm. You know? So private yeah. is so beyond your control because you're compelled to do the thing you've been doing because yeah. it's the expectation of those who have dealt with you before. Wow, it's just a self-perpetuating circle. Exactly that. Sad. <laughs> Sad, it's wild. People who are extroverts, please write in or Mm. people who enjoy being around people more than they enjoy being with themselves please go to our facebook group immediately and explain like why are you the way you are is it nature is it nurture do you think you were conditioned to be that way or do you think you are genetically biologically that way yeah let's get in let's get in on that love it also speaking of trust I was really interested in the question you posted in our Facebook group. The one about Oof. morality. Yeah. That killed me. Like, I actually died. Let me find the post because yeah. I've been marinating on that one for a little while now. For yeah. context, on my Instagram page, I share a lot um, I share a lot of screenshots from this subreddit called Am I the Asshole? And it's this forum or discussion group on Reddit where individuals are allowed to anonymously um, submit their story. Um, And by the end of it, they're questioning whether or not they were the asshole in the situation or the person that they were dealing with is the asshole in the situation. Mm -hmm. Um, And usually it's quite like black and white where (laughs) someone just lacks a lot of self-awareness. And so they can't see how they, um, they just can't see how they, other reason for their suffering at that point. Yeah. But other times it's a lot more nuanced than that. And when it is more nuanced, it really causes a lot of contention with the people in my, I guess in my Instagram story audience. Mm. Um, but let me find it. Also the responses in the Facebook group were really fascinating. Yes. This is yes. Okay. Um, There we go. And generally at the end of the, after I share these screenshots onto my story, I usually do a quick poll to say, do you agree that person's the asshole or are they not the asshole? Mm. I avoid having conversation threads because I don't want to be the person who mediates a thousand people commenting about whether or not who was the asshole or not. Yeah. And somebody just reminded me that we had the Facebook group and I could do it in there. So um, I'll read out the post and then I will pose the question yeah so the post says am I the asshole for keeping a lost pet until the owner paid the advertised reward so Mm. this weekend I was walking through the park and I saw that um a cat that looked like the one I'd seen on posters um wait that doesn't make sense basically this guy was walking around the neighborhood and he saw a poster of a missing cat similar to a cat that he'd seen around the neighborhood Mm. um they said they were offering a reward of 500 bucks for the lost cat so he caught the cat and he said it was pretty easy because the cat was friendly um and he double checked the poster to see if it was the cat it was the cat so he took the cat home um he put the cat on his back porch he called the number on the poster to let them know that he had found their cat and they said they were happy to pick up the cat right away the original poster confirmed that there was a $500 reward and the guy said yes. Then he texted the guy the picture of the cat and gave them his address. This is where the problem starts. When <laughs> the cat owner got to the house, um, the guy who found the cat asked for the money before returning the cat. The cat owner said there wasn't actually a reward and that he only advertised a reward to increase the chance of people looking for his cat. The guy who found the cat said that he wasn't going to give the cat back until the guy who owned the cat 
paid the promised reward and that he shouldn't have posted if he wasn't going to pay the reward. Cat owner then got angry and threatened to call the cops because Cat Cat Finder wouldn't give the cat back. Cat Finder said that Cat Owner was welcome to call the cops and that he'd be happy to be taken to small claims court. (laughs) Basically, Cat Owner came back begrudgingly with the $500. The cat was exchanged for the money and that was the end of it. (laughs) So then Cat Finder told his girlfriend about it and his girlfriend said that she thought that he should have given him the cat back since it cost him nothing to catch the cat and that everybody was having hard times right now. Some of the cat finder's friends also think that the guy was probably desperate to get his pet back and that it was kind of shitty for him to profit from a lost animal. Cat finder still thinks that if you post a reward, you should pay it and that the guy probably just wanted to save the $500 and get the benefit of advertising a reward without paying it. So Mm. is cat finder the asshole? So then I went to the Facebook group and also my Instagram story and I said, is it morally ambiguous or morally corrupt to advertise a reward upon return of whatever it is, an object, a pet, a human, if there isn't going to be a reward? And I also want to discuss the morals around this and not the law because we know that this is technically illegal in a lot of the places. So the comments I thought were really interesting because it seemed it seemed to be split right down the middle. Wouldn't you agree, Bobo? I, yeah, I don't think they are trash. I think they are humans who live under capitalism and are therefore <laughs> trash. Like, I think who's trash in this scenario is capitalism. Capitalism. <laughs> Look, so the, there were two kind of clear schools of thought. One was saying, you know, the pet owner was, you know, really disingenuous and yeah. he shouldn't have advertised a reward if he wasn't going to give the reward it takes time and it takes energy to find a cat and there are enough quote-unquote good people in the world who will find and return your cat without a reward you would have just had to wait your time and if mm. the cat is so important to you then it was worth the 500 dollars that it cost to bring the cat back yeah because realistically if you love the cat as much as i'm sure cat owners love their animals family members mm-hmm. i don't know how you do it but then it feels like 500 is priceless for a, a cat returned safe well and healthy the other school of thought is that you've already you're already in the wrong or you're already the, the asshole if your only motivation was to find the cat because there was, was a reward um and but that, isn't everyone can you imagine by, okay no we'll we'll get to that we'll get to that one yeah if your only motivation of finding the cat was a reward and because you had found the cat you would stress it was easy it, it took none of your time wouldn't yeah. it be better of you just to do a good deed and give the cat back as opposed to holding this cat ransom because you wanted a bit of money <laughs> I just, for, for both parties i don't think it's that simple yeah um, it's just very complex and the way i view it i use the the alignment system from dungeons and dragons i always refer back to it but oh I, what is that um the chaotic neutral chaotic good lawful evil whatever oh okay have you done your babes Oh, I yes, I did mine yesterday, and it turns out I'm neutral true. Oh, I know. Okay, I'm surrounded by too many true neutrals. You, <laughs> my boyfriend, and I really see in your ethics. I do. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just get. What are? Were you chaotic good? No, of course not. I'm not chaotic at all. I feel like I'm quite. I can see that. I'm I quite can, yeah. obvious in the way I handle things. But I'm lawful. Uh, um. What's it called? Lawful neutral. 
which means that generally if there are rules if there's an obvious um if there are systems rules practices that make sense i would would do and i think we should all just fall in line to them um and i <laughs> what if often, they don't make sense well if they don't make sense i'll just make my own rules okay like okay. so you could say that like i uh like my relationship to taking drugs right yeah i feel like coffee and alcohol let's just say alcohol i think alcohol is just as debilitating as drugs can be so if we're going to legalize that then i'm going to take it upon myself to legalize my own consumption yeah um yeah uh, or similarly, if, you know, if I see somebody like I remember in high school a lot, I would watch my friends or acquaintances not pay for public transport, even though it was pretty much free at the time. Like just fucking scan your bus pass or whatever. Yeah. Um, and then they didn't grow out of the habit of not wanting to pay. And when we became adults and we're going to uni, they would get fined. So that I said, look, oh. period. But to me, it's just how I've been conditioned to find, to see rules. If they make sense do it or if you're able do it and if you can't don't worry about it it's fine so in this instance i look at the guy the cat finder and i'm like he's either just lawful evil or like lawful neutral in the sense that you you said your cat is missing you advertise a reward to find the cat. The cat was yeah. found. So why why is it? And also, before the cat was given to you, it was confirmed that there was a reward. So right. why are we trying to do negotiations? Upon, why are we debating? <laughs> upon arrival of the cat. And I also see in, in the instance of the, the person who's lost the cat, we know what can happen when you're driven by fear or mm. scarcity or loss. And often we do things and we re- react in ways that um, we don't necessarily uh, necessarily align with. So yeah. perhaps in the heat of the moment, it's customary to offer a reward for um, your cat being found, even though you didn't have the money or weren't planning to. Um, and realistically, you'd hope that we're all kind enough to to see the value in someone just having their cat back. Because the cat was friendly, it cost you nothing to catch a cat, give the fucking cat back. Yeah. But what I asked the question is it morally ambiguous or morally corrupt because I know we can justify both sides right. of the coin. We're not discussing it analytically like who's the asshole. I'm saying is it morally ambiguous or morally corrupt to advertise a reward when there isn't going to be a reward. I think this this scenario exists under a larger context. So I would say, obje- like, just from a purely objective standpoint, it is morally corrupt. Mm-hmm. But it is only morally corrupt because we live in a society that incentivizes morally corrupt behavior. So in that context, is it surprising? No. Is it morally corrupt? Yeah. But also, what isn't morally corrupt? Like, I found some of the comments that I found interesting were like, yeah, but like, you know how important cats are to people. Like, this is someone's pet. Why are we commodifying an animal? This and this and that. But we do that every single day. Like, hoes walk into the grocery store and buy a chicken. And what, like, every day, mm. sentient lives are being commodified and traded mm. in a marketplace. And people don't bat an eye. And so I do think, like, The way that we navigate like moral and ethical behaviors aren't ever seen within their context. Like, I don't think that those two people are just objectively assholes. I think they're just two human beings who exist under capitalism. Like, I just think this is how all of us operate under capitalism, because if you don't operate like this, you will die. Like, this is the only way 
like all of us are scamming and robbing each other like this is the prison that we exist in so who am i another bitch who lives under capitalism and isn't actively dismantling it to judge another nigga who is acting in the same way that i act every day i think the only difference here is self-awareness but i think all of us are equally like everyone's trash which means no one is trash yeah cancels out double negative yeah. What I also found interesting when reviewing the comments in the thread is that very few people saw the similarities between both parties. Mm. You know, like... What do you it, mean? W- let's talk deception, right? Mm. Like, both parties... Not even deception, but lack of follow-through on both parts. You know, like, it, it's uh, although it's unfair for a guy to find the cat and, and you know, and make the person that he's going to return it and then not, it's also unfair for the person to promise a reward they were never going to give they're two sides of the same coin and what i found i mean we talk a little about critical thinking on the podcast because it's the ability to think as objectively as possible before Mm. you sort of apply your personal experience and what i found personally was that people who had had you know a more intimate relationship towards animals i mean having pets or being raised around animals in a way that they weren't just for food they were all just like, I, this is the the worst thing you could possibly do because I have a cat or I have a dog yeah, or I have yeah. an animal and I <laughs> yeah. would die if it happened to me and this is just horrible. You wouldn't say that if it, you wouldn't be, you wouldn't think this way if we were talking about a baby or a person. Right. And I don't want to like, I don't want to act like that argument isn't valid, but in the context of critically analyzing a situation, we have to lead with objective opinion first yeah. For us to understand what is the foundation of your belief system before right. we add on the layers of personal experience. Oh, right? fully. Yeah. Yeah. Because fully. if somebody said to me, okay, um, the person who, who lost. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. The animal or lost the thing is has the ability or has leeway to lie and deceive because they have an emotional stake. Mm. Then how do we use that? And I don't want to like paint everything with the same brush, but that's what you end up doing in these situations because now, now you're going to, now I think, okay, well in a situation where I lost, um, I, I told someone that I found their phone and didn't give it back because they didn't give me the, the money back. Oh, but their phone has, you know, all of their details on it or whatever. I'm like, yeah, but I wasted my time and I could have done, yeah. my, I could have done something better, you know? So I didn't want to waste my time, but I knew that'd be a reward and suddenly it was worthwhile. Yeah. So yeah, what I, yeah, what I thought to be really interesting was like the critical filter came from people who were able to justify why they didn't think the cat finder was the worst, even though he was an asshole. Right. I also think it's important to recognize that the value of a cat to you just isn't going to be the value of a cat to someone else. Like the Mm. same way that like some people find dogs to be incredible, cute, loving, just 
this is how I feel about dogs. Like they just are God's gift to human beings. But for for other people, dogs are just like security guards, like nothing more than just another animal. Mm-hmm. So it's like, who am I to project my views on the value of a sentient being on someone else? And like, can that ever be objective? Like, can my <laughs> very subjective view of what a sentient being's value is ever be objective? And like, can we... Because if that was the case, then we'd all be vegan or we mm-hmm. all would not be vegan. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so yeah, it's interesting to think about like why that also wasn't considered like to the person who found the cat she was like oh yeah i need five hundred dollars period and to her the five hundred dollars is worth more than the cat itself so that was another like part of the transaction that wasn't clear between the two people but also like under capitalism everything is a transaction so Mm. both of them were clowns for (laughs) expecting otherwise Absolutely. And also I found that obviously a lot of these uh, like posts I make require context and that's why people, hold on, I should really talk before I record this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Like I literally sit in in my sanctuary for 26 hours and don't speak to anyone and then think I'm going to be fresh to speak in the podcast. Literally. It's honestly so sad. Hold on, I'm drinking cordial. Take your time. Kool-Aid for those who aren't from Australia. <clears throat> oh. Um. Okay, so yes, context. I understand that context is totally necessary to help you decide, you know, who you sympathize with and who is the asshole. Mm. But before we get to, you know, who deserved what and, and how much the value is and whatever, very simply... If we're going to operate as people with principle, because I feel like that's what most of us are striving to do. Mm. Do what we say, say what we do, bridge the gap between who we yeah. are and who we want to be, all that, all that shit. Then on face value, if you've lost something and then you've said there is a reward and you, the thing you've lost has been found and you don't pay, babes. <laughs> it, it's Expect not right. some tension. Yeah. Expect some tension. And... What I also found to be really interesting is how much sympathy was given to the person who lost something, presuming that they're the person who's operating in the lesser state. Mm. Whereas realistically, now I'm thinking, are you just a negligent cat owner? (laughs) (laughs) You know, like, did the cat run away on purpose? (laughs) Was this trying to get out of there? And now I've just given her back to you. And now you're a liar. (laughs) And a thief. (laughs) So, yeah. But also, it's like clearly that person needed five hundred dollars. Like mm-hmm. to the person who found the cat, like five hundred dollars is a lot for them because otherwise, why debate? Like I'm not gonna keep someone's cat in my house <laughs> for five hundred dollars <laughs> if I don't. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Someone's whole cat. <laughs> now we're roommates. <laughs> like a whole cat that could literally kill me. No clearly man's <laughs> is broke and needs five hundred dollars mm-hmm. so i think she's completely justified but i also i also understand because i also have a puppy mm-hmm. and if i lost my puppy i would shoot up the entire city like i'm literally i'd lose my mind so i understand the desperation of 
using deceit and lying. Yeah, I just think like human beings operate from a place of fear because capitalism has conditioned us to operate that way. And operating from a place of fear can only lead us to operating in trash ways. Mm. Do you know what I think? I think personally it's morally corrupt. I don't know if I mentioned, but I think it's morally corrupt, but I think we all know that by now. Yeah. I don't think it's, and this is just when we're talking principles of the situation. Wait, who is morally corrupt? I feel like the cat owner is morally corrupt. Mm. And not morally corrupt in this situation, not generally, not anyway. And I think even though their actions are justified, if, or they can be justified, I think it's morally corrupt. What would have been, what I would think to be morally ambiguous is if they said a reward upon return and didn't specify what the reward was. Yeah. And then yeah. said the reward is feeling good because you've done a good thing. <laughs> that to me is as ambiguous as it can get. You've, you've no. declared $500 for a return of this cat. It was confirmed on the phone. Why are you coming mm. to my house wanting a cat <laughs> when you don't have the cash? And then leaving and begrudgingly coming back. Don't play. It's so silly. Because <laughs> in any other fucking context, you know, it'd be it'd be a madness. Can you I'm imagine if you were caught? Yeah. Let's say you, you had, <laughs> let's say you locked yourself out of your apartment, right? So you call a locksmith and you're like, hey, I know this is, I know, I know, I know. I've locked myself out. I know it's a Friday night. Can you come over and unlock the door for me? And yeah. the locksmith says, yeah, of course. I'm going to charge you 500 bucks. And you're like, okay, fine. 500 is fine. Yeah. The locksmith gets to your apartment and says, it's going to be a grand. <laughs> <laughs> you say, huh? I confirmed 500 on the phone. He's like, yeah, I know. But then I left the house and I just wasn't in the mood. So it's going to be a grand. Yeah. <laughs> Are we now arguing because, you know, this is the locksmith's livelihood and it's what he does for a living. And he left a dinner with his wife who, you know, yeah. it's rocky at the moment and his kid was sick. No, it was agreed. And so it was agreed. Yeah. Yeah. No, I feel And this you. is probably why we have laws in place for shit like this. When someone's like, <laughs> but wait. <laughs> but wait. <laughs> Literally. I think the underlying question that I find interesting in this dilemma is like, what do we owe each other? If anything, like as human beings, I be, and I asked this because I've asked this on my Instagram story and most people said nothing. But when I look at the responses to this dilemma, people are like, no, but you owe this person honesty. I think when we think about like what we owe each other, morally and ethically speaking as humans, theoretically everyone is like no we don't owe each other anything but in practice we clearly do owe each other a lot because when you look at the comments of people's responses of this dilemma people are like no the cat owner owed that person honesty the cat owner owed owed that person follow through and then other people are like no but the person who found the cat owed the the cat owner some humanity some compassion some understanding So I feel like there's like inconsistencies in how we relate to each other on like a moral and ethical standpoint. So do you think we owe each other anything? And if so, what is it that we owe each other as human beings? Look, I feel like even if we use this, if we use this scenario as an example, both, Mm. both people owed each other 
the same amount of decency that both didn't give one another. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fully. That's what happened. I, and I keep thinking that, you know, even if we were going to presume, like realistically, I feel like the cat owner did themselves a disservice because they set the precedent of thinking that a reward was required for the cat to be found. Mm, so you already yeah. understand human nature. You already know that the likelihood of your cat being found if there's no reward is very slim. Right. So you made a reward because you understand that it's all transactional. And if someone's going to go out of their way to find your fucking cat, keep it safe, hold it for you, they're going to want something for it. So you already knew it and set the precedent. Why are you confused? <laughs> <laughs> so yes, I'm going to say if we owe each other a sense of decency as like a bare minimum, that's fair. But enough of us operate without that in mind and choose mm. to wield it like a weapon when it's convenient. I don't like that shit. Interesting. Mm-hmm. By decency, do you mean like kindness, honesty? No, I just mean I just mean decency. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, kind of no. I think a level of cordiality. No, that's, that's a good a level point. of cordiality where yeah. you know a, a simple like acknowledgement that that person is also a human with wants, needs, and feelings. You don't need yeah. to understand how deep either of those goes not the backstory but just a level of you know a level of cordiality for you know respecting that that's a person and that's it yeah um and interesting i feel like we might conflate decency with kindness and honesty and empathy and all those things i feel are you know four levels higher than Mm. what we really do owe each other just an acknowledgement of humanity i think is fine and most people or enough people don't even do that. <laughs> so. Yeah. I, and I don't know. It's a chicken and egg question. Like, do most people not do that because they don't expect others to do it? Or, yeah, it's, I was at the post office today and I thought about this question too. I went to the post office and so basically there's this woman in line And she's not wearing a mask. And, like, basically here in New York, you're not allowed to enter any stores or, like, establishments if you're not wearing a mask. So the person, the woman behind the counter is like, excuse me, ma'am, I can't serve you if you're not wearing a mask. So this woman, the customer, she now loses her mind. She's like, I came all this way. I need to post this thing right now. And she just starts yelling and, and, and. So the woman behind the counter is like, excuse me. If you don't stop talking to me like that, I will throw your skinny ass down the escalator, bitch. And they got into this huge fight in the middle of the post office, which I thought was interesting. I was like, why doesn't this woman just literally come out and fight her? Like, I wonder, (laughs) like, in, in that moment, what do you owe this? Like, what do both of them owe each other? Or, like, what does the woman behind the counter owe the woman who is yelling at her? Like, on some level, I'm an anarchist, and I'm just like... If two people are fighting, like, just let them fight it out. (laughs) And whoever wins, wins. Mm. The stakes are always higher for the person who's in the service, right? The person who needs the service. And that's why people think they're entitled to just, like, say what they need to. Yeah. I always think it's really interesting to observe customers yelling at people in service-based industries as though, like... The power imbalance is already there, sis. You don't need to yell. Like literally, the person is already indebted to you for a measly fucking however much an hour. Paycheck. Like it's okay. They're literally. aware of the power imbalance. Minimum wage. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot. 
It's wild, hey? That was my favorite one. I We don't have much left on this episode, but I wanted to discuss this um, uh, DM I got on Instagram. I got a DM and it's not mm. worth the whole episode and it's not like that vital that we need to, to start an episode with it. But mm. I do believe there's some learnings in here that will be beneficial to you, our audience. And I understand that a lot of people who follow me on Instagram don't necessarily engage with my, um, with the podcast and vice versa. So perhaps we might talk about it a lot on the podcast, but not discuss it on the Instagram or vice versa. So I thought, let me just address and we will all do some learning together. And the church said, amen. Let's get into it. (laughs) All right. So basically, um, I'm in my DMs, you know, I try to respond because like, why wouldn't I? If people are taking the time out to message me, then especially if it's asking a question or like giving a recommendation, I think it's really valuable. I'm less likely to respond to compliments, but that's just because like, you know, I'm, I've received it. It doesn't require yeah. like an acknowledgement of receipt. Yeah. Um, but basically this person DM me and it's not someone I had spoken to very often, but I scroll back to the last conversations we had had before I blocked them. And it was of a similar <laughs> vein, like explain to me why X, Y, Z in a way that I I'm like, imagine. you know, <laughs> Listen. Um, anyway, so basically this person, um, a girl sends me this message and says, what do you think about this chick who is not black coming in pretending to be black? She's Portuguese Philo. Um, and then What's Philo? Filipino oh. from the Philippines. Um, okay. And basically sends me uh, uh, this girl's Instagram. If you want to look at the Instagram, it's Y-S-A-B-E-L-L-E-C-A-P-S. She, so she sends me the, uh, the, yeah, on her the post. Um, mm. And she says about this girl... This girl says the N-word often. It's fucking annoying how she says the N-word often, but she's not black. She's a really good dancer, um, but as if that's a justification, but we'll go on. I don't care. Yeah. Um, This person then says, obviously you're not the person to answer everyone's misjudgment, but I'd like to know about your opinion on this one, which is fair. Mm. Also, a bunch of black chicks I know had a themed... Arabic night where they all dressed in Arabic garb and danced their dance. Thoughts on it being different to black facing XO. So before I, as I was reading all of these things, there are a few things I found alarming, but I didn't want to address any of them before I understood who I was speaking to. Mm. So I said, I'm presuming you're black <clears throat> because she didn't type out the N word. She just actually wrote it. N I double G A. With her yeah. chest. So I'm just like, okay, maybe I'm talking to a fellow black and the fellow black has some thoughts, you know, and wants to discuss with another black. I get it. Mm, yeah. This person says, well, no, I'm white as. I'm white as Screaming. fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Maori, but I'm white. Why the fuck do we live in a world where it's only the coloreds that can be offended by racist shit? I see it in my own morals and empathy and standards. Then I said, do you see the irony of you blatantly using and (laughs) typing the N-word as you're asking me to comment on another person, another non-black person, saying the N-word blatantly? What did sis say? Like, what? 
it got to the point where I thought to myself, I'd already invested so much into this individual conversation that I had to hit with the block. I don't ever block people because yeah. usually <laughs> I find it unnecessary. But it just occurred to me that like the function exists for a reason. And I could imagine the response would be one of two things. Oh my God, no, I didn't mean to. I didn't mean it in a bad way. No, no, no. I didn't mean it in a bad way. I was just saying it so you'd know. Or two, I didn't mean it in a bad way. (laughs) Sorry, forgive me. And I thought realistically, I'm not like a rehabilitation center for anybody trying to like get their mind right. Listen. I feel like for a second I forgot you know, that even though it's like my page is public, I still get to govern who gets to see what I'm going through and who gets to like, who gets to like transact my time for me. Yes. Like who gets to engage with me? Yeah. Why am I stressing this girl out? Calling her on a shoot? I can just block her. Like it's that. (laughs) Like I had to like almost like take back some power and be like, babes, you need to stress this girl out. Maybe she already thought about it and didn't think there's anything wrong. Leave her alone. Just block her. And so I did. (laughs) But I love it. Yeah, because again, like, you know, I don't know. Oh, I, I remember I, I was telling Bobo, everyone, that I wanted to do an episode on where we d- dissect cliches and see if they're, you know, as good as, um, like, as good People as you would assume they would they be. So, like, yeah. honesty is the best policy. I notoriously think it's not because, like, <laughs> I, think, I agree. I think honesty at honesty coupled with impeccable timing is the best policy yeah but in this instance like did sis really need the smoke she didn't but i thought what a perfect (laughs) time to use this as an example on my feed because um like i could i probably get 100 maybe 150 dms a day just maybe it's in relation to what i've posted or asking questions where did you get that where did you go who whatever whatever they're all valid and fair and i think for every like 150 dms i might get 15 like this Whereas somebody being like, make race relations make sense to me because it doesn't add up. Not in the way where they're like, oh, I'm honestly confused, but in the way where they're trying to catch me out. Right, right. But I saw this. It doesn't add up. But you're friends with this person and they do this. Or like, you know, how does someone even have that much time? So, and every now and then I'll take the time out and justify or not even justify, but explain because... You know, if I have the time, why not use it in an area that I deem worthy? But Mm. often I find that people are just trying to be antagonistic because they think they're onto something and haven't done their Googles. But in this instance... I find that too. Exactly. And I find it more so being just a person with a profile online where people ask me questions like they get paid to. Not because they want the answer. Don't get me started. Don't get me started. Listen... (laughs) I had and to call people out shit one day. Too. Yeah. Like dumb shit. I would understand if you were like, hey, um, you said this really specific thing and I didn't understand, so can you explain? But it'll be shit like, oh, in the background of your Instagram photo, I see a little like Honest, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Where is that from? Is it that deep? But it's on a, any given day. It'll be like, what perfume do you wear? What menstrual cup do you like? Um, what phone plan do you use? How much is your rent? How do you put frames up onto a wall? And to be fair, some things you can't ask Google, but I guarantee for 9% of these questions, Google will help you. Yeah. Google has the answers. But anyway, I thought this is a, a chance to do a little, a little IG sermon because I feel, if you've followed me for a little while, you know, I've stepped away from 
doing any kind of like education um, on critical thinking on my Instagram platform because what happens is I'm forced to now have individual conversations about people's individual experiences and Mm. people generally don't want to discuss objectively. They want me to justify and rationalize their viewpoints. I don't care or I don't have time. But basically I said in response to these three posts, number one, and I'm sure like people who listen to this podcast know, but in case you didn't, I am not the race relations police. Listen, believe it or not. Please say it louder for the people in the bag. I don't like receiving DMs of people showing me racially insensitive behavior. I know it happens. I know it exists. Now we are black. We know. And you might be listening and being like, fuck, okay, you know what? I did send Flex the photo of that girl doing blackface. Oh, yeah, I did send Flex that article of that other black guy being shot. Oh, wait, yeah, I did send Flex that article of that young black wrestler having his hair cut off mid-match because it was too long and in dreadlocks. Oh, yeah, I definitely did send Flex that article. And, like, yeah, <laughs> like, I get it. I get it because generally it's, it's, a, it's a matter of being – a matter of thinking this feels a little bit suspect i don't know why maybe flex can explain it to me and i get it but i'm also not just a receptacle for all of your like misplaced or misunderstandings i've got feelings mm. too and it's mm. really tiring to have to read and consume all this information especially as well when people are asking me to provide insight on like insensitive behavior to other races I don't understand the plight of being a Chinese Australian woman. Best to ask one. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. Because, and then I get, anyway, we'll go on. We'll go on because there's a lot to get through. Number two, I receive a lot of this non-black person shows me, a black person, another non-black person being offensive. What for? What is the purpose? Like, what is, is it? What is the purpose, fam? <laughs> is it like covert virtue signaling? Is this to show that you know how to identify racist behavior? It's cool, but why are you showing me? Some people want me to do like an air, like a name and shame, and like air them out, put them on blast. I'm not doing it. Mm. I carry enough anger and enough sadness in my own being. I don't need to add to it. It's not nice and it's not fun. Yeah. Also. People dictating how I should use the platform that I have. Please don't get me started. I'm literally a ab- listen. That's if the you one have that thoughts hey. and recommendations on how somebody with a platform should use their platform, and they're not using it as you deem well. Build your, make own, your platform own platform and make it happen. Listen, I guarantee it'll be valued. Honestly, someone sent me a message the other day, being like. Hey, could you not post so much nihilism? Like, it's ruining my day. I was like, bitch, if you don't unfollow me right now, if you don't... Like, this person was like, I just think you post a lot of philosophical stuff and it's just like, I just don't want that on my feed every day. Unfollow me immediately. Don't... I will literally roll up on you. I will beat... Imagine having the audacity... You, to have the nerve to really pull up on someone and tell them what to do with their own. Are you mad? Are you actually mad? Couldn't be me. Number three. Fight, fam. I said, don't hurt yourself trying to air out what you deem to be suspect behavior when you haven't yet realized the ways in which you two are sus. I don't care. Again, 
these DMs of calling people out. I get a lot of DMs of people being like, this is an Australian influencer. She did this. Or, you know, she is calling herself fat when she's skinny. Or she's using a really dark (laughs) tanner. Or she rapped along the N-word when she was lip syncing. Like, I I, I really don't care. Honestly, (laughs) because I know in my heart of hearts, if you haven't done something about it, then don't check for me to come do your dirty work. That's that's what Listen. I hate especially. If you said, hey, I've spoken, I've tried to DM this influencer a ton of times. It's not getting through. They've not seen her. I'm hoping you could pass on a message or whatever. I still won't do it, but I appreciate that you're, <laughs> that you don't expect me to do your dirty work. Yeah. What, what people don't understand is that when you tell someone, like if you DM me and say, you need to tell this person that that's insensitive. Is that an order or a suggestion? Do I work for you? <laughs> are you going to pay me? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, are you going to PayPal me right now? Legit. And then number four, just to wrap it up, I do realize I discuss race. I don't really on my Instagram like that, but anyway, and I realize my audience is 90% non-black. So if there's a gap in understanding on the black experience, I'll give my two cents where possible. Now, the black experience, as homogenous as we'd like it to be, it's not. Yeah. African, and we, African we've Australian, said this at least three times. UK African, American, African American. I don't know what happens in all those different cultures, but I'll give my two cents where I can. I understand that I don't know what's appropriate for other ethnic groups, but I err on the side of caution. Do the same or don't. Just to remind you, I don't care. Again, not all ignorance is malicious and people don't know what they don't know. I understand that. So it makes sense to go to a person that you trust, respect or resonate with to ask your questions to. I get it. But also come correct with some grace and some tact and some patience. Because I swear to you, if you had to be on the receiving end of this fucking ignorance all day, you would wonder <laughs> how I have the patience to respond to you for the 50th time when I said, Yes, the pants are from ASOS. The pants, the top was made in Ghana. The candles are from here. The frames are from here. Like, it is madness. Information. It's really madness in these streets. Just simply do your Googles, come correct, or leave me alone. In the nicest yeah. way possible. Honestly. No, I also had to have this chat a few months back on my Instagram page. I was like, guys, I'm actually not employed by any of you. <laughs> so. Don't run up, don't run up on me being like, explain, this one girl was really like, explain to me right now what you meant when, I was like, are you actually mad? Like, do you, bitch, do I look like one of your little friends? (laughs) Am I one of your little friends? Again, it's all in the nicest way possible, but, oh, like, I know we're getting to the hour mark, so we got to wrap it up, but recently we all you all know and love Makundua. if you don't get to know Makundua oh posted on her story that and like let i remind you, you like Makundua is bobo's friend she's my acquaintance like the similarities in our platforms and profiles is that we are all black and we're all african and we discuss critical thinking we don't work for each other we're not employed by each other the we don't have like the expectation is not that we like fill in each other's gaps like there's there's no connection aside from us having personal or professional relationships somebody had messaged Makundua and said that Bobo and I (laughs) wouldn't answer their question on race so that she so could she do it for us can you imagine not her job not her responsibility (laughs) (laughs) it's so bizarre 
Anyway, I say this all to say that like the access you have to each other in the group is such a privilege because you can all pick and choose when you want to respond and engage with each other in your own time or whatever. And nobody is going to deem you as being rude or offensive if you don't respond because it's not your responsibility. Please engage us with the same energy. Mm. And also, like, it's also just not every day James Baldwin. Like, not, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, not every black person wants to be doing Maya Angelou every day. Like, <laughs> I know for me personally, like, I find a lot, like, people message me to be like, oh my God, did you see Kim Kardashian has boxer braids again? I'm like, you niggas are still talking about cultural appropriation. I'm off that. I'm off that topic it's i don't tired. care we've honestly said it's all old. we can like, say on it literally i just think like when it comes to <laughs> topics about race and blackness like there's nothing more that anyone can now say that is going to be interesting like everything that's been said has been said so i en- unless we're bringing in a new perspective like we just have to accept the Kardashians will always be racist. They will always be anti-black. They will always profit off of black culture. White people will never respect us. We'll always be sl- like, we just know why are we still talking about cultural appropriation? And like with the loopholes, <laughs> like, yeah, I like, saw these black girls in Arabic garb. I will always say it's culturally offensive until it's proven not. Like, listen. I prefer to err on the side of caution, you know? And maybe you don't, and that's all okay. But then these little loopholes, we're like, but Beyonce was wearing a sari. It's probably offensive. I clocked. I saw it. Like, There's a reason why I don't do the air outs. I don't do the call outs. Because it's tiring, because I'll be calling all you out every day. <laughs> I, I keep reminding people, you are so lucky that I do you the courtesy of blurring your fucking name out when I put you on the story. Yeah, wow. You are so lucky. Because look at how you, like, people come for each other. Not even just using our group for an example. But it, look at how people come for each other in public forums, like Facebook comments, Instagram comments, or whatever. Mm. Imagine if my audience thought that I was being slighted by someone. The damage they would do just for being, like, my fam. You know? It's not worth it. Just, So yeah. please, one day, I mean, like, with every, with every year I age... I just care less and less about protecting other people <laughs> in the nicest way possible. Cause I have to remind myself that like, it's, I said, I owe, you, I owe you decency and it would be decent of me to show people that ignorance is really not in the minority. Like we think it is, mm. you know, like it'd be nice thing. Like it's like, it's only like one random, but no, it's every day. Like something It's every day. Something that makes my face go, mm. Yeah, makes my shoulders tight but I conceal your name and I air (laughs) out generally that might stop in 2021 post pandemic she said after corona (laughs) we are wiling out it's war after corona (laughs) I'm giving you time to prep anarchy Anyway, that yeah. is us done. We gotta, we gotta move on. <laughs> I know. So thank you guys for listening. <laughs> Catch us in our next episode. Join our Facebook group. Let's continue the conversation. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram. Our handle for every platform is Bobo and Flex. 
and we'll catch you in the next episode bye bye sweeties a lot can happen in the next three years like a chatbot maybe your new best friend but what won't change needing health insurance united healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.